Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. We continue in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Hear God's word to us tonight. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on your earth, peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gift-giving God of angels and stars and magi and shepherds, of promises and hope. May we bear the Christ to all who need him and allow him to be born in us again. Amen. So if I'm honest, the thing that I am really waiting for and most looking forward to is what is about to happen right after this message. The choir will sing O Holy Night, one of my favorite songs of Christmas and also the basis for the theme our church has been exploring through the past four weeks of this Advent season. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I love that line. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. The weary world rejoices, that's been our theme this Advent, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. We all know that tomorrow breaks the new and glorious morning of Christmas, and I'm sure most of us could use a few more hours to get things done before that happens. Earlier tonight, someone told me about a meme that said, Christmas feels, like a hol- excuse me, Christmas feels less like a holiday and more like a deadline. That's for tomorrow. But tonight, 
this holy night, the weary world rejoices. And isn't it true that our weary world could use some rejoicing? And for what it's worth, rejoicing at Christmas is not new, nor is it novel. One preacher says, it is very, very easy at Christmas time to not actually think about what it means. All you have to do is let the nostalgia hit. The rejoicing is about the happy memories we make, the gifts we give and receive, the meals we share, or maybe just having a few days off from work. But the the meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, that which causes the weary world to rejoice, it's not born from nostalgia or time off or any of that other stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love all the feels we get at Christmas. But this holy night has to be about something more than the feels, right? And so what might it be like to actually think about Christmas, the the birth of Jesus, and what it means, and not simply let the nostalgia hit? After we hear, O Holy Night, we'll pray, and then we'll read the opening words of the Gospel of John as we carry in the Christ candle, remembering that Christ is the light of the world, the light of our lives, and that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Matthew and Luke, they tell us the Christmas story about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the angels, about the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, you know, the nostalgia John, for his part, tells us that he came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Later, he writes that that God sent Jesus into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. That, That famous verse that people often quote about God sending the only begotten Son so that whoever believes in him might have everlasting life. And later, after that, John writes that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. You see, when we think about Christmas, we shouldn't just be thinking about the baby in a manger. We should be thinking about the salvation that he comes to bring. The eternal life that he comes to bring. And what John testifies is that he doesn't just have it or give it. But he is it. The meaning of Christmas is not that Jesus grows up to become some sage or prophet who tells us how we can save ourselves, but rather that he is God, God who has come to save us. If you ever feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, or that you have to have or to be all things to all people, that you need all the answers, or that you have to make a certain income in order to be considered successful, or, or to drive the right kind of car, to live in the right part of town. If you have made a mess of things, if you can't seem to do anything right, if you are drowning in debt, or grief, or loneliness, All of that, all of it, it tends to add up to feelings like you've got to get it together and save yourself. And if you can't, well, well, then somehow you are not good enough. The promise of Christmas, the wonder of Christmas is that you you don't have to be because, because he is. 
one of the most humbling and freeing things that you can realize is that you cannot be your own savior. Authority rests on his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, all you have to do is allow yourself to be loved by God for who you are, flaws and all, and then to love the world that God loves in return. Just love God. Because God loves you for all that you are, and all you have to do is love the world that God loves in return. That's the meaning of Christmas. That God comes into the world not to condemn it, but to save it, to redeem it. And that through Jesus Christ, God invites you and me to join in that work of redemption and salvation. Not long ago, I was listening to a podcast, a a conversation between Kate Bowler, who teaches at Duke Divinity School, and David Brooks, the author and the political commentator. And it is a lovely interview, and if you ever get a chance to listen to it, you should. I promise you'll be happy that you did. So David Brooks was talking about his latest book, How to Know a Person, The Art of Seeing Others Deeply and Being Deeply Seen. And he relates a story about how one night he was sitting alone in a restaurant somewhere, and you know how that goes in some places in some cities, and the tables are so small and they are so tightly packed together that you're practically on top of the people next to you and all you can do is listen to their conversation? Well, he tells this story about how there was a couple, maybe even on their first date, and he said this guy was going on and on and on, talking, bloviating was the excellent word that David Brooks used to describe what this guy was doing. And he said it went on for about 25 minutes that this guy was just talking. And Brooks said, you just want to grab the guy by the nose and scream, for the love of God, ask her a question. (laughs) It's here that Brooks delineates the difference between illuminators and diminishers. Diminishers are the people who never ask you a question. He says, sometimes I'll leave a party attended by perfectly pleasant people, and I'll think that whole time I was there, nobody asked me a question. I'm sure you've probably met some diminishers. A few other qualities that describe diminishers. He says, the number one reason people don't see others is that they're too self-centered to even try. I can't see you because... I'm all about myself. The number two reason, he says, is anxiety. People don't see others because they have so much noise going on in their own heads, they can't hear what's going on in other heads. Illuminators, on the other hand. They see people, they they observe, they ask questions, Their, their curiosity about the world and others helps bring light to their surroundings. He says they are tender, receptive, affectionate, and generous. I love that distinction, illuminators and diminishers. Brooks said he started writing this book because he was traveling around the country and so many people told him that they felt invisible. 
He says there's just so much social blindness and it shows up in the statistics. Like 54% of Americans say that no one knows them well. The number of people who give themselves the lowest happiness rating has gone up by 50%. I'll say that again. The number of people who, who give themselves the lowest happiness rating has gone up by 50%. They ask high school students, do you feel persistently hopeless or depressed? And 45% say that they do. Could it be that there are just too many diminishers in the world? Or perhaps to put it a better way, could it be that the weary world needs more illuminators? So in a short while after O Holy Night, and after we pray, and we read that first chapter from John as the Christ candle is carried in, we will share the light of Christ. We will be, for one another, illuminators. And maybe as you receive that light, as it is passed to you, and you get all those feels, because we're singing Silent Night and it's just so nostalgic. Maybe as you receive that light, you might think, too, about where God might need you to be an illuminator in this weary, weary world. Where do you need to carry Christ's light? Where do you need to be a little curious, asking some really good questions, approaching someone with a sense of tenderness, and receptivity, and affection, and generosity. So that more people in this weary world might rejoice. That's what we're called to do after all, right? That is what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. That the light comes into the world, not to condemn it, but to save it, to redeem it. And that through Jesus, the baby born in a manger, God invites you and me to join in that redemption and that salvation. And because when you think about it, that's hard work and it takes a lot of effort. And sometimes you feel like it would just be easier to give up and be a diminisher rather than an illuminator. Because of all of that, well, we're here every Sunday <laughs> to fill ourselves up with God's love so that we can carry that light of Christ with us every day in between. And we may not always get it right, but the light still shines in the darkness. And the darkness will never, ever overcome it. Merry Christmas, friends. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.